This is God's servant Dilip Koshikoshi. I am the pastor of Revelation Church. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. I pray that you will experience the power of God's word in all its richness and glory today. May your faith be revived, your mind be renewed, and your body be healed in Jesus' name. Praise God. Let's uh, look to the Lord in prayer and and see what God has in store for us today. Father, we are in your presence. Thank you, Lord, for your presence in this place. Thank you for moving in our midst. Thank you for speaking to us, Lord. From the time we started the service, your voice is heard in this place. Each one of us have received word already. But Lord, we want to, we want more. We want everything that you have in store for us, Lord. We ask of you that you'll reveal your heart to us, Lord. Correct us, change us, purify us, Lord. Even as we are in this year, which you declared over us as the year of purification, we pray that this year, even today, we will experience the purifying work of your word, the purging effect of your word, the cleansing effect of your word, may it be made manifest even today in our midst, Lord, as we spend time listening to your word. And Lord, we pray that you will bless each and every single person here, and even those who are watching online. Thank you, Father. Let your name be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ is King. Amen. He is a soon and coming King. Hallelujah. How many of you are excited to know that? He is a soon and coming King. Now, he is not some king who died and you know, went into the graves many years back. No, he is a soon and coming king. And we are going to see him. Uh, we know that when he appears, we will be like him because we will see him just as he is. Hallelujah. We are going to be like the king of kings. Amen. And we are going to see him just as he is. There is no way a person can see God except he be made like God. Let that sink in. There's no way a person can see God except he be made or she be made like God. There's no way you can see Christ, you can behold Christ except you be made Christ-like. The hope of a Christian is that he or she will see Christ. And what does that hope imply? The hope of a Christian is that you and I being Christians, we're going to see Christ just as he is. And what does that hope imply? That we're going to be made just like Jesus. We're going to be made just like Jesus. You're being made just like Jesus. The most exciting news for you today is not that you have a Tony and Guy in town or a log hairstyle in town. Or any of those things. The the most exciting news for you today is the Holy Spirit is at work in your life. And he's going to make you just like him. This makeover is a guarantee from the Holy Spirit. He has guaranteed that you're going to be made like Jesus Christ. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit has been given to us as a guarantee. The Bible says that he who started a good work in us. Is also faithful to complete it, to bring it to completion. Let's read that. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6. I'm convinced and sure of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will continue until the day of Jesus Christ, right up to the time of his return. Do you know that? This work is going to continue in you right up to the time of his return. It's not going to stop. Till the time of his return, this cleansing work that he started in you, this good work which he began in you is going to continue right up to the time of his return, developing that good work and perfecting and bringing it to full completion in you. Say developing and perfecting. He's going to develop this good work in you. He's going to perfect it and bring it to full completion in you. Oh, what an assurance that is. What a comfort that is to know that he's not going to give up on me. I don't know about you. I can go to sleep right now. Just thinking about that he's not going to give up on me. Hallelujah. I'm convinced and confident. That that's what Paul wrote to the Philippian church and said, I'm convinced and confident of this very thing. Now the, the father's plan of redemption was perfectly executed by the son. How many of you believe that? Know that? The father's plan of redemption for mankind was perfectly executed for by the 
son. And the father's plan of sanctification is being perfectly executed by the Holy Spirit. You know that? Hallelujah. The sanctification that which, which the father has in, in, in mind is, is being done in you by the Holy Spirit without fail. Amen? Without shortcomings. How did you receive salvation? Let me ask you. By faith, you believed and you received the gift of salvation. Just like that, you have to believe and receive the sanctification. Just like you believed and received the gift of salvation, you have to believe and receive this process of sanctification. Pursue. Say pursue. Pursue this process of sanctification. Let's read Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 14. Pursue peace with all men and the sanctification. I like that. Pursue peace with all men and the sanctification without which no one will see the Lord. Look at that. There's a promise attached to sanctification that you're going to see God. Hallelujah. And you see it all over scripture. Now you read closely, you'll understand this promise of sanctification, this process of purification is, is being done in you that you can see him when he comes. Without which no one is going to see him. Think about it. No one is going to see him without, unless you pursue sanctification. You want to see God, you have to pursue sanctification. Just like you believed and received the gift of salvation, you have to believe and receive the ongoing, you are being saved. The ongoing gift of sanctification is the evidence of your salvation. Now, some of you are going very theological. I can, I can sense that. You are already going so theological. You are having questions about the assurance of your salvation. See, keep it very simple. The evidence of your salvation is that you are staying in the process of Sanctification. A person who's staying the course of salvation, sanctification, is the one who's been saved. Man, hallelujah. He who loves righteousness and justice. Hallelujah. Now we, we are instructed in the spirit to, look at this, it says, pursue peace, pursue sanctification. You are instructed to pursue. The word pursue, what does it mean? Pursue. Huh? Go, say go after. Pursue means go after sanctification. You cannot be passive when it comes to sanctification. You have to be actively involved in the process of sanctification. You have to receive it. You have to go after it. To pursue means to go after. It means to follow. It means to press toward. How much of pressing towards sanctification have you done this week? Have you went after sanctification? Or were you just passive? God does not want you to be passive when it comes to, you know, our approach to sanctification must be far from passive. We have to actively pursue sanctification. Tell your neighbor, do not disengage from this process. Do not disengage from this process. And how, how can a person disengage from this process? By becoming lukewarm. That's right. I mean, tell me, like, you know, the, the practical. Shutting ears to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Ah, keep it simple like that. Say no fellowship. If you stay away from fellowship, you are disengaging from the process of Sanctification. If you stay away from prayer, you're disengaging. If you're staying away from the word of God, you're disengaging. If you're staying away from Bible study and the opportunities to study God's word, you are disengaging. You are staying away from the... So that's why I said you have to pursue sanctification. Every opportunity that you have, that you get, that comes your way to indulge in sanctification, to benefit from sanctification, you have to go after it. Say go after Say go after. How many of you are going after sanctification? Think about, think about it before you answer. How many of you are, you are really going after sanctification? No, you are pursuing it with all your heart. Are you actively involved in God's plan of sanctification being chalked out for you? 
What are you, Pastor? If it happens, it happens. Anyway, I, I, I'm saved. Anyway, I'm part of a church. You know, I go there once in a while. You know, I pray when I get time. I, I, I'm not against reading God's word. I have it in my phone anyways. See, if that is your attitude, approach towards sanctification, you know, the Lord wants to stir you up today. He wants to shake you out of your slumber. And that is not how you and I ought to approach the process of sanctification. When God told us that this is going to be the year of sanctification, he expects us to pursue it. Say pursue it. To go after it. To go after it. You have to pursue purification. You have to pursue sanctification. You have to go after it. You have to press toward it. Allow your whole being to get involved. Submit to this cleansing work. Submit to this cleansing work. Don't disengage from people who are placed in your life to bring sense to you. Don't disengage from people. Don't disengage from the brethren. Don't stay away from church. Don't miss fellowship. Don't miss on the opportunity to, to come together and pray and worship God together. Because all those things are symptoms of you not actively pursuing sanctification. You ought to open up your life. You have to receive the word in humility. Hallelujah. Make the most of the time. Hallelujah. I love, I love that, that uh, warning in scripture. Redeem the time. It means make the most of the time. It means do not be given over to the defilements of this world. If you're going to walk on this world with, with such loose standards and you, you allow yourself to be given over to the pleasures of this world, slowly but steadily you'll start to go, you'll start to drift. You'll, you'll not feel the urgency. You'll not feel the need. Are you with me? You'll not feel, you'll not understand, recognize the requirement, the divine requirement of this process of sanctification. And it is possible for a Christian to completely be switched off from what God has mandated over our lives. Now you can live from Jan to December pretending to be all good. We're good in pretense. We can pretend. We can pretend to everybody. If you're not aware of this, okay, I want to tell you something. You can pretend before your husband. You can pretend before your wife. You can pretend before your parents. You can pretend before your children. You can pretend before your pastor. You can pretend before your friends. You can pretend before everybody. You can, that's right. You can even pretend to yourself. You can delude. The Bible talks about do not delude yourself. You can pretend to yourself also. But one person who will not fall for your pretense is the Holy Spirit. You cannot. So that's why I said, you can walk across this ear very loosely, with no pinch in your, in your conscience, with you feeling nothing about, you're just, you're just in church, you're present there, but absent. Present in the body, but absent in the I, I wish that none of you are like that when you come to church, when you're with the brethren. Present in the body but absent in the... Paul talked about absent in the body and being present in the spirit. We have the other problem. You're present in the body but absent in the spirit. Hallelujah. So pursue. Now we are to... We are the light. Now we heard, last week we heard from the word that we must not have any form of fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. But rather we are to expose, say expose. Do you know God has called the church to expose the unfruitful deeds of darkness. For some reason the church is shying away. Many in the church are shying away from this responsibility. It's like a man, it's a commission of the Lord Jesus to expose the unfruitful works of darkness. A Christian cannot be misinformed about the schemes of the evil one. We are not unaware of his schemes. 
Wherever you're going to, you're going to a place, you're going to a college, you're going to an institution, you're going to office. As a Christian, you cannot be misinformed about the schemes of the evil one which are prevailing over that place. You cannot be. You cannot be dumb about these things. We cannot allow the devil to outsmart us. Hello? We cannot allow the devil to? Do not allow him to outsmart us. He's got a few tricks up his sleeve. But he cannot. We are, when we are no match for him, by the way. You know, all of the, the devil's ploys are destroyed when the church steps up. The church has to step up. As a church, we have to step up in this town, in this, in this culture, in this locality, in this neighborhood. The church has to step up. Wherever God has placed you, wherever God has called you to be, the church, the believer must step up. So that the schemes of the evil one, the ploys of the devil can be exposed. No, unrighteousness, like we heard that, a lovely scripture. Unrighteousness will have to shut its mouth when the church is on the, the church is on the rise. And the wickedness must come down, it must dwindle. And if the church is actively involved in a place, if the church, because the church is a salt, say salt, it brings taste. You, know, you bring taste to your neighborhood. The church brings taste to the society. We bring flavor to life on this earth. We preserve, that's right, salt preserves. You are a preservative. In the office that you go to, you are a preservative. If not for you, the, the office will be a heap of ashes. But God has placed you, wherever God has sent you, He has placed you to be a preservative. And in your presence, under your nose, in your sphere of influence, unrighteousness will have to bow down. It has to come down. Now you, have to, you have to celebrate reports. Okay, crime rates are coming down. Why the church is active in that place? I mean, we ought to pray like that. We ought to pray. Now, we every day morning, we read the newspaper. Oh, how many, uh, uh, you know, cases of abuse, cases of domestic violence, cases of uh, terrorism, cases of, uh, you know, drug peddling. And uh, you're reading all that and you're just, you know, agreeing to that. No, you're not called to agree with those things. You are called and placed and positioned wherever you are positioned to speak with the authority of Jesus Christ and to wage war against the system. It's your responsibility. It's your responsibility. As a teacher, it's your responsibility that your school will be known for, the students of your school will be known for righteous deeds. It's your responsibility. It's your responsibility. That the, the place that you're working will be known for righteous deeds. Corruption will not be heard in the land when the church rises up. Amen. Forces of darkness will tremble. So the problem is we, we agree with everything that we see. We agree with the system that is going down. We agree with the corruption of the system. And you know, we, we are silent. Say we are silent. We, are, we ought not to be silent, by the way. If the church remains passive and silent, the devil will have a free reign with his plans. And that cannot be. We must speak up. And we have to speak out and call out the enemy. You're called to call out the enemy. Expose the enemy and the works of the enemy. Now it is totally unacceptable that many things of the world gets a silent approval of the church. It is unacceptable, I'm telling you. It is unacceptable that many things that the, the world celebrates... The many things that, the, that thrive in the world gets a silent approval of the church. A silent approval to sin makes you a participant of it. Ouch. Ouch. A silent approval to sin makes you a, a participant. You are participating in the deeds of darkness if you are silently approving 
you become a like they say a silent partner in the in the devil's business a dormant partner in the devil's business if you don't do anything about it either you're competing with the with the enemy fighting against the enemy or you're agreeing and if you're agreeing to the enemy you become a a dormant partner your silence is approval to the enemy that's a spiritual truth by the way god does not work outside of spiritual principles if you remain silent things will not change if you're going to keep quiet because you're timid because you're afraid of the system because you feel you're you're, you're very small to make a change a difference nothing is going to change but you want to see god use you you have to stand up with boldness what the world is trying to establish the church must refute must speak against it is our responsibility you know you go to certain places you like what is the church doing in this place now you you hear about reports in the campuses and you're like what is the church doing here the church must stand up rise up huh and pray and intercede and and ask the lord to give you access if 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 you are burdened about places and and people and about institutions ask the lord to give you access because the gospel cannot be in chains last week i told you that a passive approval to many of the trending media platforms in the world makes you a partner of those vices we spoke about a few things last week and you as a christian have no right no excuse for allowing the devil to run his business using your money your time and your resources how dare don't be a shareholder in satan's company refuse refuse to promote it refuse to be a part of it refuse to give any form of uh, donation you know when 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 people come uh, like you know to beg so, sometimes if they come to like you know give for uh, ask for arms we give but if somebody comes and says this is for putting uh, offerings in for that for that deity or for this temple we say we can't give you because we don't want to give if you want help if you have the means to give you we give that's a different thing you understand you have no excuse for partnering in the devil's business knowingly or unknowingly your seed is being sown to a to a different ground it is it is it is so wrong that's what i said before even before you subscribe to something or install something think where is his money going who is striving who is striving you must be good stewards of the blessings of god and and why is it that you know you loosely handle finances when it comes to these things see that's why i said a christian cannot be misinformed about these things you cannot support a cause which is anti jesus you cannot support a cause or a business which is anti christian you cannot in fact you must pray you can ask my wife we pray when we hear about certain things happening in atan we pray that is not going to flourish it's going to crumble it's going to come down they're going to suffer loss they're going to suffer loss we we agree and pray and sure enough we hear stories about how things got went wrong and this and that because we don't want unrighteousness to prevail under our nose you have authority in your zone in your sphere and don't be dumb don't be a silent partner you and everything about you and your life must be sanctified say sanctified set apart for the lord everything about you your talents your abilities your money your resources your gadgets your time everything must be set apart for the lord you are sanctified for the lord you either love sanctification with all your heart or you hate sanctification with all your heart there is no middle ground you cannot be partly sanctified and expect to be there you want to see god you got to go through the entire process allowing him to purge you to cleanse you the work of the holy spirit the holy spirit has been given to you Do you know that he has been given to you for this purpose there's no other purpose if it was only about salvation inheriting salvation in that sense then christ would have died and went back and we all will go and preach that's it 
Why did he give the church the Holy Spirit? So that we can maintain what we gained. So that we can maintain what we gained. Imputed righteousness. We have to maintain that. Hallelujah. Forgiven. Forgiveness of God. We have to maintain that. You have to always stand firm. With a firm assurance that we've been forgiven of God. And walk accordingly. Walk in a manner worthy of his calling. That's why the Holy Spirit was given to us. We cannot. 21st century Christians have to grow up, rise up. We have to become more smarter. We are, because we are closer to the Lord's coming than any other generations that preceded us. And we cannot be dumb. We have to be wise. Say wise. Wise up. Tell your neighbor, wise up. To maintain, okay, let, let me go somewhere else. To maintain purity in our lives, we must walk in strong convictions with regards to a calling. To maintain purity in our lives, we need to have strong convictions. We talked about that last week when we were having uh, you know, the van meeting. We were talking about, you must, you must know that you're called to do this. In, in that way, it helps for you to maintain your testimony. If you're serving the Lord, your testimony matters. Now you cannot be one way on a Sunday and another way on a Monday. You cannot be one way before people in the church and another way before your friends. That's double standards. That's harlotry. That's harlotry. God is against that. He uses strong words against such practices. It's idol worship. This foreign worship, abomination unto the Lord. In order to maintain purity in your lives, you must walk with strong convictions. You need to know who you are and what you're called to be. And always consider your calling. Now see, listen, this is, a, this is something I've learned in, in life. Life becomes so enjoyable and so easy when you constantly consider your calling. It becomes so easy. There's no struggle anymore. Why? Because you're so confident about your calling. You're always considering your calling. You're, you're getting insights. You're getting revelation knowledge about your calling. And as you walk in that, life becomes so enjoyable. There's excitement in everything that you do. You meet somebody, there's excitement. Somebody comes home, there's excitement. You're feeding somebody, there's excitement. You're giving away something, there's excitement. You don't struggle. How will I? How will I live? How will I make both ends meet? There is no struggle. You know why? Because you are so convinced about your calling. You are settled there. You are confident there. Nobody can bring doubts into your mind. Because God has convinced you of your call. And today one of the biggest problems in the church. I hate to say this. But this is what the reality is. The biggest problem in the church is a failure to recognize the call of God. Upon the individual believers' lives. It should be part of our discipleship. We must teach our disciples. We must impart this in those who we are mentoring and raising up. You, you must know who you are. What you're called to do. Without this knowledge and this conviction, your life is so meaningless and purposeless. You're wasting time. You're wasting your time. You're wasting other people's time. You're standing in the way of others. When you're without purpose and conviction. So life becomes enjoyable when we walk with strong conviction. Such a walk, okay look at this, listen to this. Such a walk with strong convictions discourages flirting with sin. The man who walks with strong convictions of who he is and what he is called to do for the Lord. He is discouraged at all times with regards to sin. I don't want to do that. I don't want to look there. I don't want to be there. I don't want to try it out. You know why? Because I am so full, so satisfied, so happy with who I am in Christ Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. And people who try out, there are those in the church who try out. They just want to try out. What's wrong with trying out? We're just trying it out. But a person knows his calling, walks in humility and submission to the Holy Spirit 
a person who knows his calling walks in the confidence of who he is let's read first corinthians chapter 1 verse 26 is a very important principle that is shown up here for consider say consider see this is very important okay this is something a christian must do over and over and over and over consider say consider a christian must consider his calling for consider your calling brethren that there were not many wise according to the flesh not many mighty not many noble but god has chosen the foolish things that's about me of the world to shame the wise and god has chosen the weak things me of the world to shame the things which are strong and the base things of the world me and the despised me god has chosen the things that are not that's me so that he may nullify the things that are so that no man may boast before god i don't know from where we get this idea we make a few baby steps in the church we make a few baby steps in faith and suddenly this trait this demonic trait appears this pomp about yourself which makes others think that oh you are called because you are strong you are called because you are wise because you are noble no the christian must understand this god has not called you on the basis of your smartness or your education or your knowledge level or your interpersonal skills or your communication skills or your strength or your giftings no no understand that it is not it is not because how good you are god's choice of you is not based on merits he has chosen the things that are not so that he may nullify the things that are hallelujah he has chosen the things which are not say not this was not such a person did not even exist i was not but god has chosen this not to nullify the things that are amen so you have to consider what's your calling what you have to understand you have to continually consider who are you what has god called you to be every decision in life must be based on the conviction of this call so that you will made in high standards before god that's why the bible talks about walk in a manner worthy of his if is calling so everything it means when you walk this life every step of the way every decision that you make in life everything must be taken after you consider the call of god over your life you cannot separate decisions in your life you cannot separate um choices in life from the call of god you cannot separate you cannot in fact you cannot separate a season of your life from the call of god you know looking back i know that everything that happened even before i came to understand the call of god were with a purpose to position me and establish me in the call of god some of you don't know that i was talking to somebody the the, the other week and i was telling my story and he shared his story and we were like wow only god can do that only god can do that meaning everything that took place from your childhood the place of birth the childhood the people that you interacted with the training that you got the education that you received all those things god designed so that one day when you come to your senses you can be established in the call of god but god did not call you on the basis of your smartness your progress card your marks or your connections no in fact the call of god existed even before you came to being you know that how how can he do that even before you were born even before you were, you were formed in your mother's womb even before that when your unformed substance was being knit together 
in the secret place god called you now your parents started loving you only after you came out of your mother's womb or maybe from the time they came to know that your mother is carrying you okay from the time they start cherishing you but god knew you and he cherished you and he called you even before your parents thought of having you hallelujah it's a call the call of god the high calling of god it's a high calling you know when you come to know the call of god everything about your life changes everything about your life changes your reputation changes god god does something about it your history changes what people thought about you will start to change because god has gotten a hold of you and he is establishing you in the call of god you know have you heard people say this about you he was not like that she was not like that Oh, where in those people uneducated uncouth uncivilized fishermen how is it that they declare the glories of god with such boldness have you heard that about you from where did the boldness come from where did the purpose come from where did this confidence come See, as a Christian, one thing that must be shown in your life is confidence in the call of God. Your footsteps must be so full of confidence. It will take a while, maybe, for you to come to terms with that, for you to completely tap into that kind of confidence. You know, when I came to the Lord, I was not so confident. I was very shaky. I had my issues. I had I had problems talking to people. I had problems striking conversations. I had problems maintaining relationships. It took a while, but sure enough, the Lord helped me because I've been I've, I was being established into the call which existed even before I came into being. Hallelujah! We've been talking about marriage, and you know many young people are feeling left out. I want to I want to clarify one more time everything that has come to you from the pulpit in the context of marriage also is applicable to every single one of you an instruction for one is an instruction for all that's how the church functions you understand when the church is being instructed by the holy spirit it is not for research for few people in the church there is something for everyone to take hold of so today just to overcome that uh, misconception i'm going to talk to the unmarried people yes no i've come across young people who struggle with regards to decisions concerning relationships and marriages i'm sure that you know if you've been in ministry you've come across you know such such issues and you know see as a christian okay i'm going to talk a few things let let's see whether it's, it's going to make sense as a christian you must first and foremost break out of peer pressure with regards to these things the first thing that you must deal with if you're struggling with relationships you're struggling with thoughts of like you know wanting to be with somebody or talking about marriage the first thing that you must break out of is to break out of peer pressure and stop looking at yourself as somebody in the world you are not somebody in the world you called by god with a purpose do not be pressured in life to fall in love I'll repeat that one more time. Do not be pressured in life to fall in love. No, I I agree. It's a wonderful feeling to find if you find the right person. It's a wonderful feeling, no doubt about it. But there is no rule that you must be in a relationship by the time you reach a certain age of your life. There is no rule. I said it. The Bible does not instruct you submit to your boyfriend. Does anybody anybody's Bible say that? You can bring the Bible. I want to see that Bible, that version. The Bible does not instruct you submit to your boyfriend. The Bible does not say to love your girlfriend. The Bible instructs wives be submitted to your own ah wives and husbands. And husbands love your wives. The Bible does not say he who finds a lover ob- obtains favor from the Lord. Is that what the Bible says? The Bible says, "He who finds a wife 
obtains a good thing and obtains finds a good thing and obtains favor from the lord the whole idea of being in a relationship and dating before marriage is not found in the bible hallelujah amen some of you are like huh huh married for 13 years and three kids you can say all that but look at me look at us i'm not saying the bible is against being in a relationship i'm just telling you the bible does not suggest or advise a person to be in a relationship or to be in dating before marriage yes i'm glad that i found the one that god wanted me to have but that does not validate or that does not imply the worldly understanding by the time you reach your or you 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 are at your teens you have to have a boyfriend or a girlfriend or by the time you come to your 20s you need to be in a committed relationship no the bible does not say that the bible does not push anybody to into dating what i'm trying to tell you is the bible will not prescribe that which is striving of the flesh be liberated be liberated be set free just receive this be set free the bible will not push you into striving you don't have to strive to find the one god has for you by being pressured to be in a relationship that you can try out before you say yes to marriage no god is not dumb you can be dumb i can be dumb we all can do stupid things but that's not how god works just because your peers or your friends are in relationships do not be pressured to be in a relationship now i'll tell you a secret you can decide what you want to do with it okay it's a secret finding your spouse is a matter of favor and not a matter of labor it's a matter of favor the bible is saying I, i didn't say that i'm just paraphrasing what the bible says finding a wife or fi- finding a spouse is a matter of the favor from the lord it's not a matter of labor you do not have to strive to find your husband or your wife okay we just took uh, last time when pastor vin was doing the bible study he mentioned something about success amazing uh one line right? he defined success in the course of the bible said he said a line he defined success he said success is you knowing what god wants you to do and doing it when you fulfill the purpose of god over your life that is success look at this so now that means your success is connected to the call of god over your life are you with me because that's how, that's how you find the purpose of god in your life and you must understand god is not against success he will not push you through failures to teach you lessons no god wants that each one of us are successful in the call of god because it is his call it proceeds from him god called you before you existed and he wants you to understand the call and the purpose of god over your life so that you will be successful in being able to fulfill that call are you with me so now if god is not against your success he will not withhold anything that will help you to succeed in life every resource of heaven every bit of money that you will need every connection that you would require huh? every aid every help helper support encouragement guidance that you require for you to be successful in life will be provided to you if you can just submit to the understanding god is not against success that's right he will provide beyond say beyond he will provide beyond what he can think of so now look at this pastor win said success is you fulfilling the purpose of god in your life then i said that god is not against success okay and now i also said that everything that you need to be successful god will provide if that is so okay let's go back to one more thing where did your calling come when did your calling come to you when did the call of god concerning your life come about 
Before? Before you were formed in your mother's womb. So that means the call of God, the purpose of God concerning your life came even before you were born. Are you with me? Now, everything that happens in your life is going to come only after the call of God. Some of you are getting this. Everything that's going to happen in your life is going to happen only, it, it only succeeds it only succeeds the call of God. The people that you meet, the, 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 the school that you go to, the environment that you grow up in, all those things are only coming after the call of God. No, you as a person would have come to know your calling at a later stage, but your calling existed even before your form. Now, regarding marriage, your call existed before your marriage. And your marriage is designed to fulfill your call. Your call existed before your marriage. And God will place marriage in your life. God will place a spouse in your life according to his divine plan. So that you will excel in your call. So that you will be successful in your call. That's why I said don't have to strive to find a spouse. Because God is not opposed to your success. Because when you strive, you will tend to make mistakes. You tend to go by your plans. But when you are going, you're flowing in the understanding of God is not against me succeeding in life. And this is what I'm called to do. See, listen, if you can, if you can focus on understanding the call of God, it will help you in finding the right person. This is how God is introducing people. Okay? In the word. Let's say Judges chapter 4 and verse 4. Now Deborah, prophetess, the wife of Lapidoth, was judging Israel at that time. What did God say first? Did God say, now Deborah, wife of Lapidoth, who was a prophetess? Or did God say, now Deborah, prophetess, the wife of Lapidoth? Are you getting something here? See, the call of God over your life is about your identity as so-and-so's husband or wife or son or daughter. You know that? God has called you first and foremost and then made you a son or a daughter to your parents. And then he made you a husband or a wife to a person. You know why? Because there's a call that came before all these things. Now we are trying the other way. We are trying to Find somebody, strive it out, find somebody and, and then we think by doing so we will be able to reach the call of God. Okay, how many of you know Philip? Philip in the Bible, one of my favorite characters in the Bible. Okay, and uh, let's read um, Acts chapter 21 and verse 8. And on the next day we departed and came to Caesarea and entering the house of Philip the evangelist, who was one of the seven, we stayed with him. Now this man had four, who? Virgin daughters who were? That's good. So they, they were prophetess before even they got? You understand? L- look at this. The, your calling, the call of God concerning your life will come to you even before you make progress with these things in your life. And then you will probably understand the call of God step by step, little by little. But look at this. Philip had four virgin daughters who were prophetesses. Meaning they didn't have any man in their lives. They didn't know any man in their lives. But they were prophetesses already. Hallelujah. What I want to help you here. All of you who are struggling these thoughts okay when will I find the person when will it happen if you can focus your attention on what is God's call for your life I'm telling you it's gonna be effortless it's a choice that you have to make you want to experience the favor of God concerning your marriage or you want to try out your luck with your labor it's your choice let me try out this person and if it works let it stay But let me warn you, that's the wrong approach. Because 
marriage decision is the most important decision in your life it is the the most can come second only to you receiving christ the most important decision in your life is your decision on marriage and you cannot approach it like they say trial and error method hit and try we'll try it out check it out no you cannot it has to be very purposeful it has to be very meaningful it has to be from god amen and you cannot take chances with it now let's see marriage decisions must not be based on sexual frustration and we 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 claim that scripture better to bur- better to marry than to burn with passion listen to this better to marry than burn with passion is not a word that you must use to decide whom to marry better to marry than burn with passion is not a scripture for you to decide whom to marry it's a it's a scripture that comes to you to decide between married life and celibacy are you, are you with me are you understanding what i'm saying and i have seen people use that scripture for the in the context of deciding to go ahead, go ahead with marriage or certain relationship no it doesn't work like that that is not a word to arrive at a marriage decision that word is to choose between marriage and celibacy it has nothing to do with whom to marry listen to this understand your call first consider it well invest in knowing the call of god for your life do not modify the call of god to adapt to a relationship that you would like to pursue that is the most stupid thing you can do in your life that's right it's like jona going in the opposite direction god said go this way and jona went the other side no you you cannot modify the call of god to adapt to something that you like to pursue in life your marriage decision must be based on the conviction of your call I met with somebody for prayer. Uh, it was about marriage. This girl was of a certain age, and I was, I was, I was asking the Lord how to how to minister to her. And these are some of the things that the Lord put in my heart to tell her: You have to focus on what God has called to do. Understand your call, not your giftings, but the call, the call of God. And as you seek to excel in your call, the Lord will provide everything that you need. See, don't don't think that. don't think that god is not mindful about these things that's right he is more mindful of your burning he is more mindful of your frustration he is more mindful of your loneliness so god is not against you being successful in life seek ye first the kingdom of god the kingdom of god the kingdom of god and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you now you must as a christian as a young christian you must make this a, a decision in your life a resolve in your life i'm not going to make mistakes concerning this you might be in your teens you might be in your 20s but you have to decide i'm not going to make mistakes i'm not going to make mis- i'm going i'm not going to try it out i'm going to wait for clarity from god but i'm going to pursue my my call my call your call is more important than all the other frills in life but when you are so sure about the call god will bring about everything that will make meaning that'll add meaning you in your pursuit of your calling and i've i've seen ministers of god struggle literally they struggle they're crawling on the floor they have a gifting they have a calling they have resources they have everything that they that that they require to fulfill the call but this one wrong decision that they made concerning their marriage can ruin where god wants them to go to don't get on your own boat don't get on your own boat and call it this is what god has for me no that's not how it works take it from somebody who has learned from mistakes but that's not how it works you need to focus on the call of god when you understand the call of god the more you consider your calling the more clarity you receive regarding your calling now you will you will begin to see the bigger picture 
as god will add resources god will add people i heard of an amazing quote by a man of god this this week he was telling we were talking having a conversation he said your rear view mirror must be bigger than your windscreen your front windscreen because you always see where you came from and sometimes when you turn back and take a look at your life you will be so thankful that you didn't make some of those mistakes that you almost almost you almost made it but praise god it was heartbreaking it was painful it was it gave you bad reputation for the time but praise god he kept you from that mistake because what god has for you his plans are to prosper you and not to harm you now if you are on a journey striving after these things i'm telling you that's not from god not from god and i people ask me i hope you met and how was it who proposed first and the truth of the matter is i've had made enough mistakes in my life i've come to a place in my life that i didn't want to make any mistakes so the moment we realize that we have a connection here this is what i told her i didn't ask you do you love me will you marry me i didn't i didn't do that she didn't ask me the same thing we didn't do any of those things i just said okay i want you to understand i have a call in my life i want to serve god with my life um what this education and all these things are not what i want to pursue in my life i want to serve god so you think about it pray about it if god gives you a word concerning that and you have a clarity about it then then let's let's get on the adventure and it sure was an adventure from the time we met each other it was about serving god it was about lifting up jesus it was about bringing people out of fire it was about bringing people to the lord and and baptizing them that's the story of my life and it can it can it can be so frustrating if you try to make things happen in your life resign from this pursuit resign from this pursuit you know today today we we asked the question okay you you, you who is your boyfriend who is your girlfriend this is a conversation that happened between young people you know early it was not like that it was just a matter of okay some people have boyfriends some people have girlfriends but now the question is do you you don't have you you're not you don't have a boyfriend it's like a it's like a it's a, a weird thing for a person not to be in a relationship when they are in in maybe around 12 years 13 years now we are not far from some of the other standards the world is pursuing the, the next question will be you're still a virgin you're, you're still a virgin you you've not tried it out we're not far from that i'm not saying that finding a person is a wrong thing is a sin no but what i'm trying to tell you here i'm giving you perspective don't be pressured to be in a relationship because you're at a certain age because the bible does not ask you to find a boyfriend or a girlfriend the bible says he who finds a wife obtains favor your prayer must be the lord give me favor i need favor concerning this and then even i told you about deborah you know what deborah means deborah means honey bee the one who collects honey gather of honey and she was used as a prophetess to speak the word of god and lapidoth you know what lapidoth means lapidoth means torch the one who shows the light so this deborah who's a honey bee needed a lapidoth to show the way to guide her to show light so that she can be the honey bee that god has called her to be and i have no problems in admitting this if not for this person here i have not even begin to think about doing all this but praise god god has provided me a suitable helper to stand with me to show me the way to guide me to cherish me to respect me it gives confidence it gives confidence nobody has changed me the way she has then i know that nobody has changed her the way i have that's how that's how god has designed this to be 
It's about the call of God. When two people come together, I remember prophecies that we have received. The Lord told us, this is for the kingdom. I remember being settled. There was a season in my life, we were waiting to get married. There was a certain uh, window that we had to wait. It was a struggle for us. And re I remember, you know, my, my uh, spiritual father praying over us and saying, this marriage is for the kingdom. I remember a weight being taken away from me. Light. I felt so light. So light. Because I realized, one more time, reassured by God, this is about the call of God. It's not going to become a burden in my life. This is about the call of God. I'm going to reach where I'm going to reach because God is adding resources. God is helping me. God is going to give me a suitable helper. And the best thing that you can speak over a person during marriage, I'm so excited when, when David and Sharon got married. So excited. I just know that God has a plan for the two of you coming together. Two godly children coming together. And it has culminated in marriage. It is about the call of God. It is about serving God together. It's about shaking nations together. It's about spreading the gospel together. It's about impacting lives together. And every other pursuit must only be secondary. What can we do to serve the Lord? Can we be together to fulfill the call of God in my life and your life? I, I tell this to people, you want your marriage to be enjoyable, you must come to the same page when it comes to serving God. If you can agree on serving the Lord together, oh, you have the most blissful marriage. I'm telling you, the most blissful marriage that God has designed. If you can agree on serving the Lord together, nothing greater than that. If your callings coincide, if your, call, if your calling will match, if it is, it is one, if it, it complements the most blissful union that you can ever think of. So don't be pressured, young people. I'm talking to my son also. He's, he's hitting that age. I'm talking to all the young people in your teens, in your late teens, in your 20s. You, 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 don't, you don't look at your life, oh, I don't have anybody with me. Don't be pressured. Don't be pressured. God has a sense of timing which will blow your mind. I'm telling you. He does not work with numbers and all. We work with numbers. We are limited by numbers. We are limited by time and space and all those. But God is not. God is not. God is not. I recently, King shared, sent something to me. Fantastic. It's a, a triangle that he sent. Uh, it says, uh, husband, wife, and God. It's a triangle, okay? When the husband and the wife draw closer to God, they are closer to each other. Fantastic. That's a good depiction. Yeah? You want to enjoy marriage? It's about the husband and the wife not trying to come close to each other, but trying to get close to God. Then you're closer to each other. That's how it is. That's how it is. Because without God, it will not stay. It will not hold together. There will be no purpose. Builders build in vain. There will be no romance. There's no, there's no one can make you more romantic than Jesus. If he can wait for 2,000 years for his bride, is a pretty romantic person. What do you think? That's some waiting, I'm telling you. He, betrothed, he got betrothed to us and he's waiting for the father to say, now is the time. Hallelujah. May the Lord fill you with such wisdom. This is all wisdom, okay? We have to break these norms, break these trends, break these ideas, you know. And we need to date to figure out whether this is the one or not. No, you don't have to date. You just need to have a quiet time regularly. Amen. Go to the field and meditate on God's word. Then you'll be sure whether this person is for you or not. And hear from God. And don't try to strive it out. Don't, don't, don't try to work it out. Man, listen to the correction of God. Listen to the voice of God. Listen, take advice, take Take correction, but focus on the call of God. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added. Amen. Added unto you. Let's give thanks. Thank you, Father, for ministering to us so clearly. Thank you, Lord, that you have, you have us in your mind. You're mindful of our feeble frame. You're mindful of our um, 
everything that we go through what we need we are in need of the phase of our life the the stages of our lives the age that we are in the times that we are living in the pressures that we face nothing is hidden from your eyes lord we ask of you father we ask of you for clarity we ask of you for grace lord that may your people experience freedom may them be liberated from peer pressure may them be liberated from the ideas that the, the world is trying to inject in their minds thank you jesus let every every relationship be holy and acceptable in your eyes let nothing be distracting for us lord from what you've called us to be and what you've called us to do we don't want anything we don't want to entertain anything that can distract us that can take us away from who you want us to be what you want us to be thank you jesus thank you for teach, teaching us that our calling existed even before we were born and everything that happens in our life is to is to help us in our calling nothing is more important to us than our calling if you can have our eyes on jesus if you can have our eyes on what you want us to do in life we have all things and as your word says not a word in your not a not a word will lack its mate not a word will lack its mate and lord we we know that we are your word we are born of your word born of your purpose born of your reason and not a one, single one of us will lack our mate the help the godly helper that you want us to have the godly head that you want us to have in this union lord we will not lack But if we can focus on God, if we can focus on what you want us to do, we will, we will celebrate the goodness of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for setting us free. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. The instruction is to love. To love our wives, to love our husbands, to submit to our husbands. Let every other idea that has infiltrated the church be dealt with by your word standards be kept high let our standards be kept high set us free from wrong understanding and from mistakes thank you lord for our souls are precious to you thank you jesus receive glory lord from our from us from our lives be enthroned in everything that we do be glorified in jesus name we pray Amen. Hello, this is Nisha Dilakoshi. I'm sure this podcast has blessed you. Do subscribe to our channel for more messages and follow us on social media to stay connected. May God bless you.